Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access, the podcast. I am Mike Hancock, along with Kyle Davis. We'll be getting you caught up on everything from the last week or so involving the Toronto Rock. A big weekend ahead for the Rock, coming off a big win on the road on Sunday in Calgary. So we will start right there, KD. We'll talk about that victory that the Toronto Rock had on Sunday in Calgary. An 11-7 win over the Calgary Roughnecks. Was the score as close as the game? Not really. I think, uh, you know, following the game there on Sunday, from what I saw, Toronto Toronto dominated. You know, they went up. It was 8-2 at one point, I believe. Uh, they were looking great. The game was, was out of reach. I know there was, you know, a, a late comeback, but they, I guess you could say bend but not break. But I don't even know if that... You know, qualifies for this this cent, or this kind of situation as Toronto was. The game was out of reach, I guess you could say. And uh, you know, it was a great road win for the, for the team. And t- talking to guys around around the team there, they said how hard that building was to get a win in and play in. So to come out with the two points was was great for the Toronto Rock. And I also think you know you look at how Calgary's offense responded in that game and. They didn't get a lot of scoring from anyone not named Curtis Dixon. And it's an interesting thing, in my opinion, that, you know, you can go into a game and I don't think your game plan is to give up five goals to Curtis Dixon. But I think at the same time, you'll take it if you're able to shut down everybody else. Oh, for sure. Like you said, you give him five and shut down everyone else. That's uh, you're going to win that night. Right. And like seven goals. Pretty tough to win a lacrosse game in this league with seven goals. And I think Doby got one and uh, Westberg chipped in with the other, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Curtis Dixon's a great player. We, we've mentioned that on this on this show before. And we, we know he's going to get his looks and most likely capitalize on some. But like you said, the key is shutting down everyone else. And it, and it paid off. And the, the game plan worked well. And like we said, the boys went in and got a huge road win. And they did eventually chase uh, Calgary starter Frankie Chiliano. Christian Del Bianco did come in, and he actually played pretty well. And maybe a little bit surprising, too, because we did see him uh, unable to finish the job in Calgary's opener. But given that was his really his first ever start in the National Lacrosse League, um, he didn't look too bad in relief. And I think... You don't want to say there's any kind of goaltending controversy in Calgary because, you know, Frankie's the guy. But at the same time, you also have to think the future doesn't look too bad with Del Bianco, who still does have, I believe, two years of junior left and has just won a Minto Cup as well with Coquitlam. And the the future in net looks pretty bright for the Calgary Roughnecks. Yeah, it does. And you mentioned his, his first game there, maybe not looking or performing up to his best from his standards, but first game in the NLL young kids still junior eligible like you mentioned uh, I'm sure there was a lot of nerves a lot of emotions a lot of feelings going through him that that evening when he was in there and second time around he settled in he looked a lot better and he's used to playing in big games like you said with uh, Coquitlam there won a Minto already and uh, Coquitlam they're always in the mix so I'm sure they'll be back in it again and he'll be a big part of it, it, it you know when they continue to get back on the floor for the summer season there and a young guy who got it done for the Toronto Rock, Latrell Harris, our boy, looks pretty good. He's had a ton of chances in the first few games, breakaways, and um, he's picked up a few assists on the way, but had yet to actually cash in. But his first one certainly was a nice one. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, first of all, great to see him, you know, one finally drop for him. Uh, I think it was that Rochester game, watching that, if I recall. He had three or four breakaways in, in a one-goal game, and, you know, it was a cr- critical moments, and he couldn't get one to drop. But uh, he works hard. He's going to get chances. He's fast. He, You know, he's got the transition game uh, in his repertoire, and for him to, to pot one was good, and it was, a, it was a heck of an effort on that play, second effort 
you know, kind of goal, and, and it paid off. And I know from the post-game interview, he seemed to be smiling and pretty happy about it. <laughs> I think he's been smiling about everything this year. But also, just I think what was on display there was really a little bit of the athleticism, but definitely the strength. And he is only 18 years old, but all I keep hearing from all the guys in practice is just how lo- how strong Latrell is right now and the fact that, you know, He's got man strength already at 18 years old, and everybody's kind of looking at it as though they might be a little bit scared of Latrell when he's 21 or 22, and just how strong he's going to be, how fast he's going to be, and what he's going to be capable of. And, you know, Toronto drafts him in the second round this year. When he comes out of junior officially in a couple of years, three years actually, he still has three years of junior left. When he comes out of junior, I mean, you could have been looking at a guy that was probably a top two or three pick, you know, in his actual draft year, very much the same as what happened when the rock drafted Rob Hellier in the third round back in the 2010 draft. I believe it was leading into the 2011 season. Hellier was also only 18 years old, went into the draft early, very similar career path. I guess you could say as Latrell Harris. So um, I, I don't know. I still think the sky's the limit with, with Latrell obviously. And what we've seen is just something to kind of, wet our appetite a little bit and just how good he's going to be yeah that that's crazy just to think he still has three years left to junior uh i mean off- offensive players in that league i'd be you know a little scared playing the next couple of years <laughs> with him in there especially after how he's performed this year but uh yeah we had bruce caught on you know whether last week or two weeks ago and he, he even said himself he it's going to be scary what this guy can do when he he's fully developed and has that man strength like you mentioned and you know learns the little things ins and out of the the league and I agree. The sky is the limit, and I think he's going to be a, a. I think he's a great find for the Toronto Rock, and he's going to be a, a great piece moving forward for many years. And when you talk about pieces, good segue. The Toronto Rock pulled Mikey McDonald out of the lineup for the game in Calgary, put Kieran McArdle back in. McDonald had scored two goals the previous game. McArdle goes in and scores two goals. I think that obviously, like we've talked about, speaks to the depth of this offense right now. Yeah, it does. And as you mentioned, we have talked about it and. Uh, I was all on board with uh, you know the the scratch for Mercado there last game or previous game there, and I thought it was good for him to kind of step back and 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 watch from above there. But uh, stepped back into the lineup, and I thought he did it did a great job. He scored two big goals early on and great shots, and uh, you know him and him and Tom really got uh, the Toronto Rock moving there on offense and got them off to the start they wanted. And Mikey did nothing wrong essentially. It's just a numbers game, and you know people are going to come in and out of the lineup. Um, Everyone was healthy for for the game, so but I expect Mikey to get back in at some point again and and be ready to go and continue right uh, where he left off with the two goal performance. You're getting really good at the segues. You mentioned healthy Casey Behrens left the game um, on Sunday early, didn't uh, play too much. Questionable for this weekend. We'll have to see what the trainers uh, have to say after they reevaluate Casey at practice uh, this evening as we record this. Um, but again, there you go. I mean, if Casey comes out, really, ideally, Mikey McDonald goes back in. There's your 7-0 guys, and everybody's ready to roll, and, and perhaps they won't skip a beat. But uh, Casey Behrens has been a pretty important part of the offense for a long time here in Toronto, and a consistent goal scorer, a consistent you know high 20s or low 30s when it comes to goal scoring year after year with him. So missing him is not going to be something that uh, maybe – as easily interchanged as some of the other guys in the offense because Casey is, you know, we've always found I think he's a pretty low-maintenance player. Doesn't have the ball in his stick a lot, but when it is, 
he's very effective. And I've often joked with people that that would be one analytic that we'd love to see is for the amount of time somebody actually holds the ball during a game and what their point production is. And you would have to think Casey Beers for time to point production would be pretty incredible because the amount of time he usually has the ball in his stick is about a second because he's cutting to the net. He's taken a pass in year in years past from Colin Doyle, cut into the middle, and it's in his stick and in the back of the net within a heartbeat. So um, we'll have to see how things play out here with Casey over the next little while. And that leads us into the weekend here with two massive games, both East Division showdowns. The Toronto Rock have the chance to take the tiebreaker against Rochester on Saturday. But before that, they'll have to deal with the NLL-leading Georgia Swarm, who come into the game at 5-1. and one. And perhaps a little bit of a surprise for most people that that team is 5-1 and one at this point in the season. But I think this is going to be a game coming out this week. We're going to find out who's for real. I mean, I think there's probably still a lot of non-believers in the Toronto Rock coming off a 5-13 and 13 season, injecting the amount of youth and inexperience not only to the NLL but to the box game in general, in, inserting all that in the lineup. And then also... Um, just the fact that, you know, like I said, they only won five games last year, so it's a lot of inexperience, a new coach, all this stuff, but things are going well. And then the Georgia side of things, you've got a young team that so far hasn't been able to get over that hump yet. But again, now everybody's a year older. We'll see if these guys are for real. But, uh, you know, teeing up this matchup on Friday first, it's going to be – it's a huge one. I mean, who is for real? Yeah, it's well. We'll have to wait and find out, I guess. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be uh, should be an action-packed game. Georgia, I think, is a, a high-scoring, dynamic group. Um, you know, you mentioned they're a year older. I I think getting a a bona fide goalie or a bo- goalie with track record, I guess, in this league in Poolin can maybe help them or has helped them early. You know, just settle them down, kind of be that uh, instructor out there, I guess you could say, defensively. Um, I know last year it was, a, it was a combo Higgins-McDonald and McDonald's backing up and Higgins uh, obviously is no longer there so they felt they needed to move on and I think they'd be pretty happy with Poolin so far with the 5-1 record sorry uh, but I expect a great matchup I think it's it's going to be a good game and high scoring Georgia seems to be in a, involved in a lot of high scoring affairs so far early but uh, I think Toronto's defense and, and Rosie so far has shown that they're, they're up to that and I I have no doubts that they'll be able to uh, to shut them down and, and you know grab a big two points this weekend. Well, it really is an intriguing matchup from a lot of different angles, but especially when you do talk about, like you mentioned, the incredible Georgia offense that has been rolling pretty well in every game and putting up a ton of goals versus the Toronto defense and goaltending that has is right now the league's best. And, you know, Toronto's allowed, what, 30-something less goals, I think, than Georgia so far this year. And, I mean, Georgia has played one more game. But um, the way Nick Rose has played, I mean, he made a save on Sunday in Calgary with his back to the play. Still made the save. No big deal for Rosie. <laughs> making the saves. He's not even looking at the ball. And, I mean, he's he's looked uh, like he's, at times, moving really well this year. I think maybe even better than last year at times um but he's just so positionally sound and the commentators on the game on Sunday in Calgary that's what they seem to continually mention was that Rosie was making this look easy and I think that just speaks to just how great of a stopper really when it comes to it that's his style I mean 
Um, he's a blocker. He doesn't move a lot. He's just in the right place at the right time, and he moves when he needs to. And occasionally, he's made some pretty massive saves this year. So it's going to be an intriguing matchup to see if uh, if Rosie can close the door on this. And, of course, Toronto's young athletic defense, really, for the most part, can uh, capitalize on on maybe a young and slightly inexperienced still Georgia offense, although they've been uh, quite dynamic so far this year. So uh, we will tee up the show a little bit here today, too. We're going to have uh, second overall draft pick, the Rocks' top pick in the 2016 draft, Challen Rogers. He'll be stopping by with us, and we'll also check in with the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer, back by popular demand on the show this week. <laughs> and uh, maybe KD will have a few hot takes for him. Uh, I know he he mentioned there he kind of liked the show a couple <laughs> weeks ago there he thought there was some quite the takes being mentioned there so we'll see what we can get uh, get Maddie fired up about today yeah maybe we'll see get him to pick your favorite take of the last couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. to see which one he'd like to really explore we'll see how far we get with that anyways uh, we will take a short break here on the program and when we come back we will be visiting with second overall draft pick Challen Rogers stay with us here on Toronto Rock Total Access. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis here, and we now are joined in studio in the beautiful boardroom at the Toronto Rock Athletic Centre by Challen Rogers. Challen, how are things going? Wonderful. Can't complain. What's your day consisted of here today? I've noticed you've been out on the floor with uh, some youngsters putting in some time. What's uh, What's been going on in your world? Yeah, just uh, just helping out some guys, uh, doing some individual stuff. Um, yeah, just helping helping out. I saw you putting in some time as well down in the dressing room watching some TV. Yeah, I know. I'm an avid supporter of TV watching. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular show on the agenda today, or were you on the DVR? Uh, you know, I watched a 30 for 30 on the XFL. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know that was a thing. I guess I was six when that yeah. <laughs> became a thing, but yeah. I saw that on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the XFL. Vince never, yeah, wrestling, yeah. football. Tough. No. Couldn't pull it off. Didn't work out. Uh, anyway, so let's talk some lacrosse here. Uh, obviously, uh, fans getting to know you a little bit on the floor, but we want to get to know you a little bit off the floor. Let's go back to draft day a little bit, uh, you know, and going into the NLL draft. What were your what were your expectations over, you know, draft day itself? You know, um, I think there was probably – you probably had a pretty good idea, we'll say, that the Rock were going to take you second overall. Um, but uh, just take us back to that day. What were the emotions uh, that were running through you, and just how excited were you to finally be uh, making your first steps towards playing in the NLL? Yeah, um, I mean, talking to Jamie, I kind of had an idea where I was gonna where I was gonna end up, and uh, you know, obviously, I'm pretty pumped that I ended up here in Toronto. Um, going back to that day, I was pretty pretty excited. Uh, I know the night before, I didn't even leave the room. Actually, I just stayed in bed, but. Uh, my mom came, and uh, you know I was I was pretty happy that I got to share the experience with her, and um, you know seeing seeing some buddies from uh, you know over here and back home get drafted. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah, and uh, some teammates, some uh, some friends, and whatnot getting drafted uh, on that day with you, and it seems like uh, you and your mother have a pretty close relationship. Uh, you were mic'd up for for that, and you were kind of. You know, making a few little cracks back and forth with your mom about her crying, and you didn't want her to cry and that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, what was it like just sharing that moment with your mom? 
It was awesome. Um, you know, going back to when I was a kid and uh, her driving me to practices and games and whatnot and really really spending a lot of time on me and, uh, you know, my sports. It was awesome to get to share that, exper- share that experience with her. So now we move into uh, training camp in December and the, the real stuff gets going. I mean, you'd played a summer of major series lacrosse uh, here in Oakville with uh, some of the guys that you were going to camp with. But what was that like actually stepping on the floor for your first uh, first day of training camp? Yeah. Nerves? Yeah, definitely definitely <laughs> nervous. Um, you know, you're, you're playing for a spot. And uh, obviously the team didn't have the best year that they obviously wanted last year. Um, so, I, you know, I was just coming in wanting to – play my style of lacrosse and uh, just show what I can do yeah and uh just wanted to ask you here Challen uh, like you're a western boy and uh I mean for me growing up in Ontario here the dream was to play for Toronto uh, I'm assuming out west it's you know you want to grow up and maybe play for for a Calgary or a Vancouver um was that is that true with you and uh at what point did you decide coming east was uh, was something you wanted to do and, and was a reality like I, I know hammer mentioned that you played with the oakville rock this past summer what point did that uh you know become a, get on your radar i guess and and if you could just talk about that a little bit yeah um you know when i was a kid there the ravens were still a thing um and you know i i think i had season tickets when i was younger and um just watching watching them play it was it would have been a dream come true obviously to go there but they kind of folded and went a different direction but um you know lacrosse i guess in the nll um like broadcasting wise out 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 west uh we saw a lot of a lot of rock games and i uh, you know war on the floor i was i was a big watcher <laughs> of that i think i had like three or four copies of it i don't even know why but vhs dvd i uh, you know i crushed that a lot um and majority of it was the Toronto Rock, and you know I kind of came familiar with the guys on the team, uh, obviously back then in the winning tradition, and um, you know it's like uh, playing this summer with uh, Oakville and some of the guys. It was great just to come out here and uh, be a full time, I guess, Ontarian. Is, is that a word? Uh, <laughs> Ontarian. <laughs> yeah, yes, Ontarian. Um, speaking of war on the floor, though, yeah, I'm sure Rosie's pointed this out to you, right? Uh, that he's on the cover of the DVD. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's you know, in I the stands. So. <laughs> a young Nick Rose with a lot of hair, and he's sitting. <laughs> Is that him with the fro back in yeah, the day? Yeah, like he's sitting beside his mom. Like on some of the copies I've seen of the cover, he's uh, it's a little bit blurred out the background, but because I dug mine up the other day, because he just pointed this out to me out of the blue, like recently that he and his mom are sitting right there, like almost right in the middle in the background on the cover. A young Nick Rose. I honestly haven't even seen that. A I'm star from the that. time. He was 12 years old. You have to Google it up. <laughs> so uh, one other thing we do have to ask you, though, we've it's kind of been making the rounds and becoming a, a, a thing on the show here is, is about the house. Yeah. Um, Nick Rose and Bradley Cree both mentioned they are kind of the father figures of the house. Um, clean, Self-proclaimed, for sure, I clean guess. It, clean <laughs> up. This is not me saying it. This is, the, you know, paraphrasing them, cleaning up after the, uh, the, the two Western guys living there, I guess you could say, and... Uh, just if you could touch on that and either confirm or deny those allegations. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I get a say now. Uh, <laughs> from what I heard at the house, I've I heard exactly what you're saying. But you know, I think me, Brad, and Mags kind of all fall in under the same category. Uh, Nick's never really home, so it's kind of just us three. But I guess I'll give I guess I'll give Brad the credit. He's probably second in command. But I wouldn't say they clean up after us, so <laughs> we all kind of pull our pull our weight. Well, that's good. But now, <clears throat> speaking of one other off the floor thing, I want to ask you: when uh, 
When I had sent all the rookies on the team there, uh, <laughs> one thing you didn't know about me yeah. question. Yeah. You answered that you like your fries frozen. Oh, yeah. What? Like, Peas frozen, too, and maybe the all-time corn. Like, just uh, straight some, up, don't even cook it. Yeah, You're just, no. I don't even Ripping know open why. the cold bag of frozen peas and diving in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I honestly have no idea how that became Where a thing. Where did that start? I, I wish I knew. I think I was just a young guy and just trying something new, and I just ended up loving it. And have you ever gone to a restaurant and been like, no, you know what? <laughs> I just like, can you just give me a bag of frozen fries here instead? You know, I've never pulled the trigger Do on that. Do you put anything like, on them? I, you know, it depends on the, <laughs> the brand, to be honest with you. And some, really? Yeah, it's... Is Take there a go-to brand for you? For McCain. Yeah. Crinkle cut for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, we're learning a lot here. Maybe yeah. more than anyone expected. But, uh, that's Not many stuff. people know that. So. No, well, it's definitely out there now, Chow. Yeah. All right. Um, so back to the lacrosse side of things. When you look at, around the Toronto Rock dressing room and see a guy like you know, Brody Merrill, you have a coach like Bruce Codd who's been through the wars and uh, played with a lot of the guys who are in the room as well. Um, how much has that helped you make the adjustment here to the pro game this year? Yeah, um, you know, obviously we have we have some great veterans. Uh, I got to play with Brody in the summer with Boston, and, um, you know, I'd, I'm really learning a lot from him and just how to be a professional and, um, you know, how to show up and play every game. And, uh, you know, learning from Brucey, obviously, it's it's great. Um, you know, our coaches do a great job with us, and, uh, you know, I love, love playing for them. Now, another guy that uh, you got to see at the other end of the floor that uh, has been a teammate of yours in the past, I believe, Christian Del Bianco. Yeah. Um, how good is this guy going to be? Because, I mean, his first little foray here at the start of this year maybe didn't go so well in the in the Roughnecks home opener when he was kind of thrust into duty with uh, Shiliano being suspended and then uh, this past Sunday we got to see about 14 minutes worth of work out of him and didn't face a ton of shots but looked pretty good kind of looked a little bit more like the guy we saw in the summer win the Minto Cup so um, is he the real deal here like is he going to be the the next maybe Matt Vince even that maybe is a dominant goalie in this league for 10 years yeah no obviously I I He's going to be a great player. Um, you know, he's still really young. I think he's got two or three more years left of junior. And, you know, he's, he's just going to progress every year and just get better. And, uh, you know, when we had him as a goalie, it was it was unreal playing, playing in front of him. You know, he's going to make the saves he, he has to make, and he's going to make the ones he shouldn't make at all. Um, but, yeah, he's getting better every year, and uh, it's going to be great to see uh, what he uh, he comes out to be. And speaking of teammates, uh, what's it been like here playing at the pro level with uh, Jordan Magnuson? Yeah, no, it's awesome. You know, I grew up playing with him and uh, minor in Coquitlam. I went to high school with him, and uh, now I get to live with him. So, um, you know, it's been great to share our rookie year experience uh, together and, um, you know, just progress together. And just to touch base back on, uh, we're talking Del Bianco there in the, in the Calgary, and just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, – I guess the team's first, you know, real road game. I know you went to Rochester, but uh, flight-wise, I guess you could say, and and I'm sure there's a lot of downtime between, you know, the plane, the airports, and and finally just getting to the game and and kind of how the boys pass the time there and just, uh, you know, obviously we're ready for for a big win or a big game and got the big win. If you could just touch base on kind of the the past couple days out west in Calgary. Yeah, um, you know, is the first obviously road road experience I've had and. I guess all the other rookies we have on the team um you know it was, it was different uh getting together on the flight and whatnot getting out there um you know it was an early game so 
Uh, I'm actually surprised I went to bed so early out there. Uh, I'm not really used to that, but uh, yeah, you know, it was it was a great time out there playing out west and getting our first uh, real true road win. For sure. And now uh, coming back home, looking ahead uh, to this Friday, a big game versus Georgia. Basically, gonna you know see as we were talking who battle for first place in the in the division. Um, what's your thoughts on leading up to this game? What are you expecting from Georgia? They've, uh, you know, being a defender, they've put up some some pretty big numbers offensively so far. And how are you going to go about, uh, you know, kind of controlling that and shutting them down? Yeah, no, they're obviously a great team, and uh, you know they're having a great year. I think they're kind of comparable to us with. Uh, you know they're they're kind of a young team too, and uh, you know they have a really potent offense. And uh, you know I think it'll be a great game, and uh, obviously hopefully we come out with a win. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think it will be uh, be a great game as well, and uh, one that the uh, the Toronto Rock will be uh, looking to get back on home floor here before heading down uh, to Rochester on the Saturday. All right, Chalm. Well, thanks a lot for joining us here on the uh, Toronto Rock Total Access podcast. And uh, next time we'll try to have a bag of frozen fries for you or frozen something to kind of tide you over while we have you in studio. So thanks again and uh, good luck this weekend. Unreal. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Challen Rogers, defender with the Toronto Rock. And, of course, he was the second overall pick in the 2016 NLL draft. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we'll be back with the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. And in studio with us now is the head coach of the Toronto Rock, the 4-1 Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matty, how are you doing? Good, boys. That's good, That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. um, now, I know you've been a big fan of the show recently. Uh, favorite hot take of the last <laughs> couple of weeks? Anything stand out to you or you just like them all? Uh, no, I'm just trying to stay out of uh, Katie's way here. We've <laughs> got a lot of guys in the hot seat, and as long as we're not in that, we're good. So should we do the interview like like we're one and four here and not four and one? No. We, no? We, we want to <laughs> okay. stay positive. No. All right. Hopefully so Hopefully we're never doing one of those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a big win on Sunday afternoon in Calgary. Uh, great uh, trip, obviously, from all accounts from the boys that uh, everybody got to do a little bonding and get to know each other a little bit better. Um, but let's talk about the game game on the floor uh, a pretty dominant effort Calgary got back into it a little bit late but uh, just your overall thoughts on uh, Sunday's effort yeah well um, you know right after the game we, we mentioned it it was uh, one of those wins that you like uh, from a coaching standpoint uh, we'll call it a real gritty game uh, we played the game we wanted to going on the road uh, Calgary is a great team and a tough place to win so for us to do that and come out of there with the win it's uh, it's certainly a positive, and uh, you mentioned it was a, a great trip and some good bonding, which uh, which was the case, and, and it's always even better when you get a win. So real happy with that one. Um, you know, we were new uh, type of team we were up against, and, and we played exactly how we wanted to and got the result. How was the steak dinner on Saturday night? It was great. Spe- yeah? Yeah, especially when Jamie's picking up the tab. <laughs> <laughs> what did um, you go with off the menu? Well, I think we took the, a, a ribeye, but a we'll rib-eye. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, give a shout out to Caesars in Calgary. It was a great spot. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, you missed a good one. <laughs> I know. I, I I saw some snaps and whatnot from it. It looked like it was a good meal. It wasn't me snapping. No, so. no, it wasn't. Um, so Curtis Dixon, a guy you can't really uh, you know hope to keep down for the whole game. He did end up scoring five and three in a row in the fourth quarter to kind of make his team maybe a little bit more relevant in the game later on um you go into a game like that and 
you know, he scores five. Are you happy to let him have his five if everybody else is quiet? You, uh, you know, you took the words out of my head because, um, you know, uh, Curtis is a, is a real good goal scorer in this league and, and he's a tough check. Everybody knows that. So uh, you're trying to limit him, but also, uh, you know, if he's going to get his five, you just want to make sure you do a job on, on everybody else. And, and we felt we did that. And uh, one thing about a dominant player like that who has the ball as much as he does, you, you know where the, uh, you know, where they're attacking you from. And, um, you know, at times it can make it uh, easier uh, defensively um, you know there there are times when they're going on the run you might not think that but uh, you know where the ball is and and uh, we had a game plan and did a good job with it now another guy I wanted to touch on too Latrell Harris gets his first goal after having a lot of opportunities uh, early on in the season uh, how big was his smile on the bench and how happy were you uh, for him that finally one drops for him yeah it was uh it was great for Latrell because um, you know we, we've been stressing uh whatever he can give us on the offensive end is a is a bonus and and not to worry about it and I know he's had a, a number of chances probably a dozen this year and, and it was something that was uh, I'm sure weighing on him so it's uh, good to see him get uh, get his first goal on the board and, and it was a highlight real goal and I think uh, Dixon copied him later in the game so. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll chalk that up to all right and uh, just sticking with uh, the offense here for for a moment uh, Mikey McDonald out Kieran McArdle back in. Kieran, uh, you know, I personally thought it was good for Kieran to, you know, take a step back and kind of watch a game just as he's still trying to learn and, and kind of understand the box across game. But he uh, he stepped in, scored a couple goals, and looked like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a great game from uh, from Kieran. And, and that was the plan the, uh, the night before, the game before. Uh, and it's always easy to think uh, um, it was a good plan when he comes out and has the type of game that he did. But and Mikey being out, um, you know, we, we got eight guys up front there. You can dress seven each night. And uh, you want to create some healthy competition. Nobody, obviously, uh, you don't want players to be happy when they're out of the lineup, but you want them to be good teammates. And, and we feel we got a rotation up there of about four or five guys. And you just try to be right each week, um, you know, in determining the seven that you want to go with. So, so far, so good. If you look the week before, too, we put Danny Littner in after sitting in the night, and he had uh, three goals. So, that's the response you want from somebody who's uh, who's a healthy scratch yeah for sure and uh you mentioned you know you can only dress seven and uh i, I don't know what's going to happen uh this week but uh, casey Bierns did go down with it with an injury last week i'm not sure what the what the diagnostic is i guess you could say but uh to have that depth and a guy like mikey on the you know you say on the bench just because he wasn't dressed um just to be able to come in and uh, I, I believe he scored two goals in his last game against buffalo so he'll be hungry to get back in there and continue where he uh you know finished off yeah we feel we have good depth both on the left and right side and uh you know casey uh tweaked an injury we don't think it's going to be uh, anything long term but um we feel we have good depth with those eight players we've uh, we're talking about it but also with uh with Phil and Reed on the uh, on the practice roster, we're comfortable both uh, offensively and defensively with them. And um, you know we like the the makeup of our roster, and we're going to need everybody. Uh, we know that it's a, that's a coach talk, but it's the truth. We're going to need our our 18 guys in the active roster plus our practice roster guys. And uh, you know so far well, we we've leaned on everybody but two. So uh, you know it's a long season. We're only five games in, and, and we will need everyone. So looking at uh, how the game went down on Sunday, with when you talk about the Casey Bierens injury, how did that change things for you as a coach on the bench? And maybe not much at all, seeing as though you know, you're dressing one extra player this year than you were last year anyways, and this was primarily a 6-10 team last year, 6-0 uh, guys, 10-D guys. 
Um, did that change anything for you on the bench when you went down, or, or just more so that you're missing a guy who's a pretty consistent performer? At yeah, the- you don't, um, you know, Casey's been great for us, and you don't like to see that happen, but uh, we did a good job of, of adjusting as far as, you know, we still stuck with the, uh, the seven and ten and, and the six offensive guys were going out the front door, but there were times in the second, uh, second half where we were taking some defenders and asking them to go out and play some offense and go back on D and um, you know, it was also a, a product of the game. We, uh, we had a good lead, and, and <clears throat> we were expecting uh, Calgary to push the ball, and we were um, erring on the side of defense versus uh, going for more on offense. Now, you've seen Nick Rose play through his junior career, through his pro career here. Uh, is this the best he's playing? Or, sorry, is this the best he's ever played, how he's playing right now? Uh, certainly at this level. I think it's uh, you know safe to say he had a quite a year last year for us, too. Uh, on a 13-win team, and you see the numbers that he or a 13-loss team, on the, you see the numbers that he put up last year. Um, you know, but it's uh, Nick's real good, and uh, you say it over and over. We're sure happy to have him, and you know he uh, he masks a lot of your uh, breakdowns, and and uh, if you're weak in areas, it's it's nice to have a goalie like that behind him, and we expect Nick to get better, and and I'm sure he expects to get better too. So uh, that's good for us. Now, what are the challenges going into this week, having to play at home on Friday night and on the road on Saturday? And even here in the podcast today, we've taken the uh, traditional coach speak line of saying, you know, we're only taking it one game at a time as well. We haven't talked very much about the Rochester game, but uh, what are the challenges preparing for two games in one week in the National Lacrosse League? Just, um, you know, it's a little bit more work uh, for the staff as far as preparation and and doing video, but, uh, you know, you... uh, um, you hit the nail on the head. Like our focus is on Georgia, and uh, you know we need to uh, be focused on that Friday game, and, and we'll get that taken care of, and, and we'll move on to uh, to Saturday. You hope you come through it, um, you know, uh, healthy. And uh, again, we're going to rely on our depth. It's a back-to-back with quick turnaround. We do have some older players, so I'm sure you'll see some uh, lineup shuffling. And sticking with Georgia, there uh, we've discussed it a bit on the show here. Uh, I similar in terms of a younger team I guess you could say a younger core um not really don't have like the Curtis Dixon type name like that that one name that draws you in kind of do it by committee um they've been putting up some big big numbers offensively so far to start the year what are you expecting from Georgia and uh how are you gonna you know kind of control their their offenses as as they have been putting up some big numbers yeah they have uh you know they have a lot of firepower and and uh you know, right now they're they're the best team in the league if you look at the standings. So uh, we're excited about that uh, that challenge and that opportunity. And and um, you know we need to take care of business at home um, in, a, in a divisional game. You know, one of the things when you look at the uh, I guess the six games they've played, right? And they're five and one. The six games they've played in three of them, they've had eight plus uh, power plays. They got uh, as you mentioned a, l- a lot of uh, nice offensive players, and and they're real smooth on that power play. So. First and foremost, going into that game, you want to be disciplined, which we've been real good at this year, and, and that needs to continue uh, Friday. You don't want to make things easier on, or easy on them. So you did mention after the game on Sunday that you didn't think it was necessarily the team's best game from an execution standpoint. Um, what specifically, I guess, do you want to see done better on Friday night against Georgia? Yeah, and that comment was just, um, you know, in the first half we felt we were a little bit sloppy, and, and uh, actually both uh, both teams, the ball was on the carpet a lot in that first half, and, and um, you know, we pride ourselves in, in being a team that looks after the ball, and but at the same time, you know, Calgary may have forced us into that as uh, the most physical game we've had, and it was a fast-paced game starting at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, a little bit of a different uh, um, preparation for the guys and to get out of routine and and we didn't have a shoot around we got out there uh, early on the Saturday had a lot of downtime I think that played into it but uh, 
Yeah, I did mention that, but I also told the boys that uh, from a coaching standpoint, that was our favorite win. We just uh, found a way to get it done, and, and uh, we certainly uh, paid a price. I know we got a few guys here with some bumps and bruises tonight, so um, sometimes uh, games that are a little bit ugly are the sweetest ones. All right, Matty. Well, thanks uh, for taking some time to join us here. Uh, no steak dinner on the horizon this week, but maybe uh, maybe a plate of nachos Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night right. nachos. That's <laughs> what we're up for. Yeah. All right. Uh, best of luck this week, and uh, hopefully two more wins, and hopefully we'll also have you back on the program soon. Yeah, like sitting in, the, in here in the nest, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. That is Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap things up in a moment. Like the legend of the phoenix Our ends were beginnings What keeps the planet spinning Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. We'll uh, wrap up the program here for you with our final segment. We're going to do a little buy and sell. We're going to do a little short-term, long-term trade. And we're also going to tee up this Friday's game against the Georgia Swarm, we're not going to look past to Georgia, or sorry, look past Georgia to Rochester because we got business to take care of on Friday, right? Yeah, for sure. You got to take one game at a time here. You have to, even when you're doing a podcast. Exactly, one, one game at a time, <laughs> and because you just don't want the podcast to be too long. That's another reason. All right, so let's get right into uh, buy and sell. So we want to know if you're buying or selling this one. And Katie, we'll start off. The Saskatchewan Rush, the defending, the back-to-back defending NLL champions come out of the gate slow at 0-2 but have won four in a row and smacked Rochester around pretty good in the second half this past weekend after being up 8-7, to win that game 21-12. to The Saskatchewan Rush, are they the best team in the NLL? Are you buying or selling? I mean, obviously record doesn't doesn't indicate that at 4-2. and You got Georgia at 5-1 and and Toronto at 4-1, and but... Uh... I still have to go with that. The Saskatchewan Rush are the best team in the NLL. I know they've uh, they started slow, 0-2. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised by that after back-to-back championships. I mean, it probably is a little harder to get mo- you know, get going, get the engine going at the start of a season. But uh, it looks like you know the first two losses were a wake-up call, and uh, and they seem to be rolling right now. And and like anything, until until you you beat the best uh you know they, they will continue to be the best and uh someone's gonna have to dethrone them to uh to take that so it sounds like you're buying i'm buying you're i'm buying. buying the saskatchewan rush as the best team in the uh, national lacrosse league right now all right next up the georgia swarm offense and it should be noted also we didn't talk about this before the uh before we started rolling but um move Johnny Paulus to the evaluation period list, which means they've got a couple of weeks to take a look at him now and possibly be moving him back to the active roster, which means we still may actually see Johnny Paulus in action on Friday, which would mean his LL season debut here for the Georgia Swarm. So that's a little wrinkle we'll throw in here at the end of the podcast, but um, the Georgia Swarm offense, are you buying or selling that they're going to be able to uh, continue rolling here? It's tough. Uh, I mean, and typically in sports, if you look at uh, when it gets down to the stretch, the back half and, you know, into the playoffs and championship games and playoff games and whatnot, defense typically trumps offense. A, a good defense can shut down a good offense. Um, so far, you know, they've been they've been lights out, putting up, you know, 15, 17 goals a game on a, re- on a regular basis. So, so obviously good for them. Uh, to answer the question, though, over the course of the season, I'm going to have to sell the Georgia offense as uh, as 
because I said I think eventually as the games get tighter and you know more more on the line, I think defense will uh, will show up and eventually trump the uh, the Georgia offense at some point. All right, so our final one here, the Vancouver Stealth right now. It seemed as though perfect storm to pick up win number three on the weekend against Colorado. They lose that game in overtime. Uh, you know, for Colorado, missing quite a few key pieces. Callum Crawford even went down in the game, um, you know, making it uh, even a bigger opportunity to Vancouver to, to right the ship there after starting 2-4. and four. Are you buying or selling that Vancouver will win more than the five games they won last year? Tough question. I uh, like you said that that one on on the weekend for Vancouver was was right there for the taking and kind of one I think think they needed. Uh, you know, they started two and zero, if I recall. Um, started hot off the gates and uh, kind of been struggling since. And you, you mentioned the injuries there, and I think they needed that one, and and that's a tough one to give up for them in their home building. It's going to be tough sledding for them, I, I believe. I, I think they do maybe need to address the goaltending a little bit. Uh, I know Ty Belanger played played great on the weekend and had a good outing, but uh, I think that is an area that they could get an upgrade in. To answer the question, I'm going to have to... What, what What is it if you think they're going to get five wins? A tie? You're selling? Is that still... still <laughs> you think you're, 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 you're going to take Switzerland here? You're going to go in the middle here and I'm actually going to pick? Okay, I'll go... It's I'll either go. they're going to win five or more or not. Okay, I'm so going to go... you can't pick five. I'm going <laughs> to... Then five. I'm selling that they win more. I'm gonna go. I'll pencil them in at four wins on the season. So two more remaining down the year here. Wow, and, uh, that's it. It's a tough league. I know there is a lot of parity, but uh, like I said, I don't. There's a must-win game there. They had uh, you know everyone in the lineup for the most part, I believe. Colorado didn't. That's a that's a team they need to beat. They're chasing if they want to get into you know that third playoff spot over there in the West, and they couldn't pull it off on home floor. I'm sure they'll, you know, everyone pick up a have a hot night or pick up a win here, pick up a win there. But uh, I'm selling on the, the all Vancouver right, stuff. All right, I hear you. I hear you. All right, so that wraps up buy and sell here for this week, and uh, we'll see how, what the reaction is to the hot takes of KD this week. We'll see what the uh, feedback is after this podcast runs through a couple times. All right. Um, so before we get to short-term, long-term trade, we will talk a little bit about this week's game, uh, the Georgia Swarm. We've already touched a little bit on it, obviously, throughout uh, throughout the show today. But um, this team, I mean, a couple of years ago, they knocked off the Rock in the 2013 playoffs. So it wasn't a couple of years ago. I guess four seasons ago, four years ago. Um, and it was uh, it was an absolute stomping. The Rock came in as the top seed in the NLL playoffs and lost in the first round, and it wasn't even much of a game. And since then, they've definitely remade the team quite a bit and have drafted very high um, even during that period, but they've continued to accumulate draft picks, select super skilled guys, top-end guys, like numerous, numerous top-end picks here. Um, you know, they made a trade with the Toronto Rock to uh, move one of those guys out, Brock Sorensen, who's here. They added Ethan O'Connor and got a first-round pick that'll be coming up in the 2018 draft. Um, you know, it's uh, it's an it's quite a quite a story here to see Georgia. I think finally starting to cash in on some of these guys that they've picked, and I guess assemble a group of draft picks that uh, that have been able to give them some results, but. Um, like you sold the Georgia offense. I don't know if I'm a believer yet in the Georgia Swarm, but 
like we say, the the proof will be in the pudding here this weekend, and this is really, I think, the the benchmark, the watermark, the measuring stick, whatever you want to call it, this Friday night between these two teams, because like we've said off the top of the show, there may be a lot of non-believers in the Toronto Rock as well at the same time as perhaps there's some non-believers in the Georgia Swarm. So um, this is a game that is going to definitely show, I think, which team is for real. And, and heck, at the end of it all, we could say, you know, it could be a great lacrosse game and um, we might say, hey, both of these teams are for real. And this is a preview of, of perhaps the East Division final uh, when we roll into May here. So um, I think everybody's looking forward to a great game here on Friday night. I don't think there's any reason to believe that this is going to be a blowout necessarily. But uh, your thoughts on Friday night overall? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. When I'm selling the Georgia offense, I just think I'm you know setting the bar at a, an NLL championship. But I think defensively they'll they'll get trumped at some point. Saying that, I do think they you know they have a, a heck of an offense. They they're off to a great start. Like yourself, I do think it's good to see you know that core they have assembled come together with the likes of you know if palace is returning shane jackson randy stats you know noble on de- defense and i i think they do have a good group uh that you know they were winners in junior and you know they got a good lacrosse background pedigree to their game and uh i mean it's good to see a market like that you know translate and have some success saying that i do think uh yeah i think we are going to see a great lacrosse game and uh if we come out of it and say, you know, both teams are, are legit and the real deal here, I just think it makes the, the back half of the season that much more interesting and watching these guys go uh, go head-to-head for the for first in the East and, and down the stretch, and it'll, it'll set up another big game in the future. And I think it, you know, best-case scenario there, Toronto gets a win in, in a good, entertaining game, which I'm sure which I'm sure it will be. Yeah, and you look at uh, maybe the, the all the guys that headline things for the Georgia Swarm, but... Um, I always look at a guy like Kyle Matisse, and I know we talked a little bit about him in the office here this week, and just the fact that, you know, I think if you're looking at a guy who could potentially be a difference maker that maybe hasn't quite hit his ceiling yet, maybe Matisse is the guy that does score you that big goal, does run the ball up the floor, and and make the big play. I mean, maybe he's that guy. I think maybe that's at times my struggle believing in the Georgia Swarm is that I'm just not sure who that guy is. I think you can look around to a lot of teams in the league and and it's not always the guy who's your best offensive guy or maybe even sometimes your best defender, your number one goalie, but everybody needs that guy, so to speak. And, you know, maybe it's a guy like Ethan O'Connor even that steps in that, uh, that becomes that guy that provides the big play at the big moment. Um, you know, in Toronto... It could be any one of a number of guys, but even like a guy like Casey Behrens, like his his play in the playoffs, sometimes he can be that guy. He can come out and score four or five goals in a playoff game when you need to. So um, I think that is maybe, for me anyways, the one chapter that hasn't quite yet been written for the Georgia Swarm is that I'm not sure who that guy is. You know, I think the Thompsons, they're going to they're gonna get their points. You know, uh, you know Johnny Palace, when he's healthy in there, he's going to get his points. Um, but who's going to be that guy to make the big momentum swinging play in the game, um, come up with that big loose ball, make the big play, and, and perhaps change the course of a game? That's where I'm kind of waiting to see who that guy is going to be for the Swarm. And once maybe I decide to identify that guy, maybe I'll be a little bit of a bigger believer in the Swarm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. And, uh, you know, Right now, they're kind of similar to the Rock. I, I mean, obviously, Tom Schreiber has been been an animal so far for the for the Rock. But 
kind of doing things by committee in Georgia there. Uh, I recall looking at the game sheet from their previous game. By the way, game. is this the first time we mentioned Tom Schreiber just with the two of us talking here? I, I think, think I might have mentioned him quickly just saying maybe? he scored a couple goals right, uh, versus Calgary. But, uh, yeah, this is we haven't talked about him nearly yeah. as much as we have in the past. Um, but looking back at the Georgia's you know, box score from this previous game and uh, you know, they put up 17, and, and I was looking. Randy Stats, I think, only had one goal, two assists. I think Shane Jackson only scored one goal, two, assi- two assists. Um, those are some more prominent names in their offense, but obviously other guys did step up. Um, another guy we haven't mentioned there that, you know, can provide some offense. Also available on the defensive end as well in transition is uh, Jordan McIntosh. He could be, you know, he pr- provides some great things for that team as well. He's been around uh, the league now for a good amount of time, and uh growing with the the minnesota georgia franchise i guess you could say and uh but like you said yeah you're not looking at for instance calgary we labeled dixon as the go-to guy or the name that sticks out and uh i'm not like yourself i don't think georgia really has that either yeah and even when i look at a team like calgary i think dixon's perhaps a guy who's going to score a big goal but i even look at you know a guy like dane doby who's going to put his body on the line and score a goal for you and just outwork everybody sometimes to get that goal. I just don't know who that is yet for the Swarm, but even when you start throwing out more names, you know, and, and how good Jason Noble has become as a defender as probably one of the elite guys in the league, um, you know, and down to Jordan McIntosh, who's been a transition player of the year in the past, uh, perennial favorite for the, for the award. Um, you know, I guess there are guys that can make those plays, but I guess until you do it, in a postseason, maybe that's when you that's when you wait to see it uh, at the NLL level. Um, anyway, so uh, before we go, we're going to play short-term, long-term trade. We've talked about uh, some rookies here on the show today. We had Challen Rogers in studio with us. So today's short-term, long-term trade trio are the top three picks from the 2016 NLL draft. Number one, Ryan Keenan. Number two, Challen Rogers. And number three, Michael Messenger. Short-term, long-term trade, KD. You're up. Just going down in that order, you uh, provided the names there. I'm going to start uh, with Keenan, obviously. And this might get some heat. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, first overall pick. But uh, I'm going to trade Keenan. Um, obviously, he's had a decent start, as we were saying. I think 12 points in the first six games. Um, you know, he's had some success in junior as well. Uh, he's buried in a, in a very highly touted Saskatchewan offense, don't get me wrong. But uh, going back to what I was saying earlier in the show, I think defense uh, eventually wins you championships. And, uh, you know, he's still young. He could he could prove me wrong. He was the first overall pick. Uh so who knows? We'll see when, uh, you know, at the end of their careers, if we, it'd be fun to, you know, throw these three names out again and see kind of where they're at. But uh, I'm going to trade Keenan. Next, uh, with Ch- our boy uh, Challen Rogers there, I'm going to uh, keep him long term. I think, uh, you know, he's a big body. He's uh, He can move up and down the floor. I know he scored a great goal a couple weeks ago at home there. So he, he does have a bit of offense in his game. Um, I like what I see from him. And, you know, after that interview we had with him, too, the guy, he's eating frozen fries, <laughs> right? It sounds like he brings the kind of character. Yeah. You, you want to keep him around for a long time. You want in the dressing room, so uh, long term. And, uh, you know, I think he's just going to get better as well and more familiar with the, the NLL style here. And uh, I'm going to keep him long term. And that leaves uh, Mike Messenger for, for short term. Uh, you know, I, I think comparable to comparable to Challen in a way as, you know, b- like big defenders. But uh, I guess people think 
Messenger might have a little more offensive flair, I guess you could say. He's chipped in with a couple goals, a couple assists early uh, so far in his season. And it's, it's crazy to think Saskatchewan has one and three of those players from the draft. But uh, I'm going to keep him short term. And, uh, you know, that decor seems to be just full of have an abundance of, uh, of solid players. So I, I see him excelling over time, like, you know, learning from Rubish and Corbeil and, uh, and becoming a, a good player that you'd want to keep around short term and could, could chip in with a goal or a, a big assist here and there and, and help the team out. Alrighty, so that does it. Short-term, long-term trade. KD's taking the heat for all these this week. I have nothing to do with this. And, uh, yeah. So, before we go, a couple things. First, uh, ticket plug. Friday night, Georgia. What's going on? Yeah, for sure. Well, we've already teed it up. It's a big first-place uh, divisional game here in the East. And uh, if that's not enough for you, we got uh, Nick Rose bobblehead going on. First 5,000 fans that enter the building will get a bobblehead. I've said it before. I've seen it in the office here. And, it looks sharp, it, it looks spot on, and uh, you, you're going to want to want one. So uh, don't hesitate to go to torontorock.com or call our office at 416-596-3075 and we'll be happy to get you set up with some great seats. Now you mentioned that the bobblehead looks spot on. You should take some credit for this. Yeah. Wasn't that when we were uh, looking at the proofs of this back a while ago? His ears, right? You solved the mystery. For we were sure. looking at it and said, what was the problem, what was the problem, and... Yeah, for sure. It was. Uh, I remember getting called in there, and we just couldn't figure it out. We couldn't narrow it down, and it took a couple of us <laughs> looking at it for a while and felt like we weren't going to get anywhere. And I finally just, I don't know if it was the angle or the, the way the sun was shining in there, and we, we cleared in, and uh, we got it figured out, and uh, yeah, we're good to go. It, it, it turned out well. Yeah, Rosie's got tiny ears. Who knew? <laughs> KD's got sharp eyes, and Rosie's got tiny ears. All right, so uh, our predictions here this week. Uh, I'm going to go first this week. Toronto Rock, Georgia Swarm, Friday night. Uh, we might as well throw a Rochester prediction in there. We haven't really talked about the Saturday night game because, like we said, even on a podcast, you worry about the first game first. Um, so Georgia-Toronto, I'm going to go Toronto winning that one. And I know I said that this you know, could, is going to be a great game and close, and I still think this will be a good close game despite the score I'm going to predict here. But I'm going Toronto 15, Georgia 9 in that game. And Saturday night... I'm going to write these down so even I don't forget them here. So I got Toronto 15-9 over Georgia. And then on Saturday night, I'm going to say it's going to be another very tight game. I'm going to say Toronto 10, Rochester 8. Very low scoring is what I'm going with on Saturday night. All right, you're up. This week, I think it uh, I think it will be a fairly high-scoring game. Uh I do take Toronto in the win on Friday night. I think they step up and, you know, take that division lead at least or tie it for 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 the time being, I guess you could say. I'm going to go 15-12 Toronto Friday over Georgia. And Saturday, uh, again, I think it's a little more low scoring with Rochester and the back-to-back, but uh, I'm going to take another Toronto win at uh, 12-9. And uh, Toronto comes out with four points, and it's uh, it's a positive week next week for us on the show. All right, and I guess really, you know, people could fast forward to the end of the season, and basically, we are predicting that the Rock will go seventeen and one. Basically, yeah. Because yeah, so. <laughs> we're never going to predict them to lose. So right now, we can even just skip through this whole exercise and say the Rock are going to finish seventeen and one. All right, uh, I think that'll just about do it uh, for the show. Don't forget to uh, follow us up here on SoundCloud and uh, join us every week for the podcast. If you've got any 
suggestions or feedback, keep it to yourself. No, you can uh, email us anytime. Uh, info at Toronto Rock gets to us. And, uh, of course, you can always tweet it, tweet at us or uh, post on Facebook just how much you like the show. So that'll about wrap things up. Thanks uh, to our guests, Challen Rogers and Rockhead coach Matty Sawyer for joining us on the program here today. And that'll about do it. In the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I am Mike Hancock saying we'll chat next week. Stop the run. Stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock.